Welcome to the latest edition of the Mayfair Theater Podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Mel. I'm Andrew. We did it. We said who we are. (laughs) It is a horrible day in Ottawa. Uh, It is raining and cold, and so I think our four days of summer is over and we're into fall now. Well, I sort of feel like we might make up for our um, Senators hockey game weekend with the weather today. It's always, like, I never want to jump on disparaging something local that people love. Oh, I'm glad everybody's out having a good time watching the game. And because I'm sure our friends at, like, Quinn's and, and Clock Tower do well when there's mm-hmm. a hockey game. I think Targo's even playing the game. But yeah, and, but there's a part of you that's just like, go Habs, but don't tell anybody that. Because <laughs> well, okay. I don't want Mayfair to pick, get picketed. <laughs> so I shouldn't tell anybody that I am a Habs fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm super stoked. Oh. You're French, that's allowed. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's, uh, it is, it was... And it's like anything else. Like, I, I don't think you can get too disparaged when you don't have 100 people to every single show. We would love 300 people to every single show. But I'm sure like our friends who work in restaurants or Target across the street, or they have days when are better than others. Yeah, for sure. And, but I came... What did I come to? Oh, I, I worked on Saturday afternoon, and we had a rental, so that was all went well. Um, I don't, did the room do okay on Saturday? The room oh, did gangbusters. So the room did gangbusters. Yeah. So, so we, we have proved a correlation of room fans are not well, sports enthusiasts. There were a few folks who came out also to the voices. Yeah. Um, you know, and the people who did come out were sort of appreciative that it was like a slow kind of day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you mean on Friday? On Friday, yeah, yeah Saturday yeah. as well. Yeah. Because, and, that, and that's just like, you can't, and it's funny because like you say, oh, it's, it's really nice out, no one's going to come to the theater because they want to enjoy the outdoors. Or you say, oh, it's really dreary out, so everyone's going to stay home because it's too dreary outside. It depends how dreary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it depends how nice. But, like, we're in, in the barbecue phase. Like, people are rediscovering their barbecues and their backyards yeah. and stuff, so it's tough to compete with that. Yeah. But... So we'll see, t- we'll see playing. today. Because it, it's... I, I just walked here, and it, it's just, the, the rain is just coming down you can't not get wet if you're outside today yeah and a couple times i was walking and there's like that big ocean of a puddle beside the sidewalk and i was kind of getting ready to shield myself with the umbrella but i survived the seasonal downtown lakes yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so we'll we'll uh we'll hopefully be better crowds with the 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 gloominess people can come out and keep warm inside the theater yeah uh but uh today what they missed this weekend yeah we're recording this on Monday, which is a couple days usual or earlier than we usually do it, because uh, Andrew called an emergency podcast because he really wants to talk about Dirty Harry. Well, because last <laughs> week we did we, we recorded it before we got the schedule. Yeah, yeah. And so our, we didn't we didn't get to mention American Sniper or Dirty Harry. And our bright idea Wednesday Thursday last week was it was just kind of. I think the two of you were working and I was free, so it was my fault, but I was like, hey, let's do it on Monday. Yeah. And I, th- I thought by the time we recorded in early afternoon, we might have the information. And we finished the podcast and we found enough stuff to talk about, and it was like four seconds later when yeah, <laughs> the stuff came in. Yeah. Um, and Andrew was very excited about Dirty Harry. Yeah, I, I saw the schedule. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, we don't just get Dirty Harry. Yeah, like, I was just... expecting just, you know, kind of the, the newer stuff. Yeah. But... Yeah. And uh, Dirty Harry is, of course, in kind of in correlation with we're showing American Sniper mm-hmm. as we speak, which I'm going to watch right after the podcast, which is the... Clint Eastwood's latest. Latest, and, and I don't know if it's as critically acclaimed as some of his stuff, but it, it made all the money, and it, it was nominated. Waves in the States. Huge, yeah. huge hit. And it's kind of interesting where it's, it's um, 
it's always like on Daily Show when Jon Stewart is saying like, can't we all just get along? Why are you trying to pick fights? But you see kind of the the Republican kind of side going like, oh, big city New Yorkers don't like middle America, don't yeah. like the flyover states. But I think this is the kind of movie that made a ton of money on those flyover states because it's it's very it's a true story. It's patriotic. It's Clint Eastwood. Yeah. It's the uh, military. Um, Yet I don't think it's it's the pro no. war movie that everyone's labeling it. No, it's very much about post traumatic stress and what yeah. soldiers go through. It's not a it's not like a John Wayne movie. I don't no. think. No, and it's I kind of blinked and this happened, but it's the third year in a row that Bradley Cooper has been nominated for an Oscar. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, which is and his fourth Oscar because I think he got a a um, producer on this. So he actually has four Oscar nominations now yeah. in three years. Yeah. On top of the Hangover and Guardians of the Galaxy cash cow. Yeah. So he's on a very good run, Mr. Cooper. But um, so Dirty Harry, which is, of course, um, God, what, early 70s, 71? Yeah, 71. So. Yeah. yeah, Don Siegel directed it. He was, he was like Clint Eastwood's mentor in terms of directing. Oh, okay. And, yeah. then, and then it was, I guess... Eastwood already had all the Western stuff going before yeah. this. Yeah. And I'm not sure if... I, I was joking about it with somebody, and I said, I'm not sure if it's like... I don't know if you guys remember, like, all those those big movies that happened. There was, like, eight of them. And Big was not the first one. Big was, like, there was, like, one with Kirk Cameron, and there was one with uh, George Burns. So there was, like, five or six of these body-switching movies. And then the last one, or one of the last, was Big, which was the one that actually got all the acclaim and made all the money. Yeah. So I think I don't think Dirty Harry is the first angry cop with a gun, 60s, 70s movie. Wait, why are we talking about body switch movies? We, because it's, it's another like a, a genre like comparing. like Big, where where Big was not the first of the genre, but it was the most successful. Oh, okay. and, I'm like, yeah. wait, wait, we're, because, we're talking about Dirty Harry and then Kirk Cameron. I'm like, what? Because we're hosting a body switching film festival with all the <laughs> Kirk Cameron movies. No, but just it made me think of that because like Dirty Harry. I think there's a body switch cop movie. Whoa! Whoa. There, now we're talking. <laughs> called, I, called Heart Condition with Bob Hoskins and Denzel Washington. What? I think it's it's. I haven't seen it, but I think it's Bob Hoskins is this racist cop with a bad heart, and he, oh, that is he a gets, real movie. He gets Denzel Washington's heart, and he's possessed by the spirit of. That's it's flashing in my brain now that I've seen Amazing. a poster or trailer. So, for so that. apropos of what you were talking yes. about, <laughs> so to get back on, they intersect both. Totally taking things off topic, but um, Dirty Harry was was the kind of cornerstone and and got the ball rolling. I think on angry people with a gun movies, the antihero kind of nineteen seventy vigilante cop. Because did like did like Death Wish come on the heels of that? Yeah, Death Wish was a couple years after. And um, but, but that's not a cop movie, right? Yeah, but it's just that's just straight vigilante. Straight vigilante. Yeah, <laughs> he's not even by, legally allowed to carry the gun. No, but and then and then uh, Dirty Harry spawned a handful of sequels. Yeah, um, and and then even I like there was a, a little bit of kind of talk about it, but when what was it? Gran Torino came out. I was like, if they would have just changed that guy's name to Harry, that would have been a Dirty Harry movie. Yeah, yeah. it's sort of like Dirty Harry in retirement. Yeah, yeah. And, and it kind of became what... Clint Eastwood, who has a diverse acting career, because he did stuff like Bridges of Madison County, or even... Uh, uh, Every Which Way But Yeah, with a little bit more <laughs> which comical. Which is his biggest film, I think. Yeah, which I love. I love the movie. But he, when people look at Clint Eastwood, even at his elderly age behind the camera now... I think they see Dirty Harry. They think of him saying, 
uh, like him with that giant gun on the poster yeah. and saying, do you feel lucky? I think yeah. that's, that's his, if there's one movie that is Clint Eastwood, arguably, because he has so many, mm-hmm. that might be it. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. definitely one of his, his iconic roles, for sure. And I think it's actually, it's rated R, correct? Uh, you mean in Ontario? Yeah, or when it Probably. came out. When it came out, I'm sure. Anyhow. Probably, it's it's, it's a, actually a very violent film, even, like, even even by today's standards. Yeah, and it, and it's um, and it's based on the Zodiac Killer, like because in this movie he's going after a, a rooftop sniper. Okay, yeah. Uh, Zodiac wasn't really a rooftop sniper, but kind of similar, where he was offing random people and, and sending uh, uh, creepy letters to uh, to the papers. And so that, cool. when did that happen in real life? Like that the Zodiac that was like late sixties, early seventies. Wow, in San that, Francisco. That's like mm-hmm. really soon to have a fictional. Yeah. Well, if you've seen Zodiac, David Fincher's Zodiac, uh, there's a scene where Mark Ruffalo's character goes and goes to the premiere of Dirty Harry. Yeah, I totally because he's sort of. Um, I guess he was sort of the basis for for Harry Callahan. Right. Sort of. Yeah. But it's funny you see you see the poster. Um, and then like, I, I saw like a behind the scenes. I was looking for pictures to put on Facebook or whatever of uh, American Sniper. And Clint Eastwood, he looks old, but mm-hmm. he still but he's looks... he's still very like energetic. And... and he still looks like he could kick my ass, which isn't much of a statement. But <laughs> I sort of feel like he mostly just looks like his hair turned white. Yeah. And the rest of him is a little bit more wrinkles and stuff, but like looks yeah. about the same. Like in Gran Torino when he was being imposing, it wasn't... A stretch, yeah. like it didn't seem out no. of place, yeah. and it was it was age appropriate. I mean, it's not like you know, um, like a lot of action stars where they're the trend <laughs> they're now. sixty years old and they're still playing like a you know trying to pass off that they're maybe forty. Yeah, and and uh, and Eastwood really has how many Dirty Harrys did he do? He did like four or five. Uh, Dirty Harry, um, Magnum Force, mm-hmm. The Enforcer, uh, Sudden Impact, which he directed. And um, the Deadpool. Deadpool. Mm. I remember Deadpool. I think was the only one I actually saw in theaters, and I was way too young to see it in theaters. <laughs> but my 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 mom and dad, bless their hearts, uh, my dad brought me to see it. But I think it was like fourteen, like fourteen A or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, ten. And it was it was just violent. You know, it was a Clint Eastwood movie. Jim Carrey's in it. Jim he's, Carrey's he's the first. <laughs> he's the first person killed. He's, he plays like this druggy rock star who yeah who gets murdered. And it was like his one of his. I don't know if that was right around when he was doing Mad TV, but it was one of his first... It was way before he oh, was Jim Carrey. Oh, you mean in Living Color? Or Living yeah, Color, Yeah, like yes. it was like right yeah. before that. Yeah. But, and then... Um, and I think it's one of those things that he... That Clint Eastwood kind of semi-distance himself from just doing stuff like Bridges of Madison County because yeah. he, he wanted to do... I had the power to do well, other things. Well, if, if, you, if you look at like all those tough guy actors like Charles Bronson and Stallone and Schwarzenegger... The reason why Clint Eastwood's had more longevity than, than they've had, like, because, you know, Stallone and, and Schwarzenegger, they, they've had serious ups and downs in their career. Yeah. I think with Clint Eastwood, it, it was more, like, the, about the quality of the work than about, you know, the ego and the image and, yeah. oh, I still got to be the tough guy. You know, like, he wanted to do really good work and do more directing than acting. And Warner Brothers is madly in love with him and just, I think, yeah, basically... Yeah, he's been... He's been that's his home. Like yeah. he's, uh, his production company, you know, Warner Brothers releases all this stuff. And I think it's one of those things where they realize that if he has one that come, comes out that maybe doesn't do as great as the previous one, the next one, like American Sniper will come out and yeah. make 
five hundred million dollars or whatever it made. Yeah. Um, because what did he do before? He did the Matt Jersey Damon Boys. or Jersey Boys. Yeah, that yeah. didn't do great. No. No. Um, and then even the uh, the Matt Damon uh, hereafter. Hereafter. Yeah. But then I remember that other year where he did two war movies in the same year. Mm-hmm. And like Letters one did, from you, uh, Flags of Our Fathers and Iwo Jima. Yeah, and like one did really well and one mm-hmm. didn't. Gran Torino did well though. I think. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And but yeah, but he's at this point. Well, and and like it sounds morbid to say, but he's gonna die with his boots on essentially. Like he's gonna. Yeah. I think he already has another project going. He's gonna be a Peter O'Toole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like when when Peter uh, was like gonna get the Lifetime Achievement Award, and he was like, I'm not gonna take that. I have a TV series and three movies on the books. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I I love, I I have an association with Clint Eastwood because of my dad, because my dad loved Westerns. And. I remember going to see Unforgiven with my dad, and that was that was it. Like that would, was his favorite film, mm-hmm. and I remember watching Unforgiven even at a young age and being like, "Well, that's it. Nobody has to make westerns anymore." <laughs> like that. They, <laughs> and even then, like the western was pretty much dying. Yeah. Like, dormant. Yeah. yeah. And so when he did that, and it was financially and critically and award season successful. Mm-hmm. Um, there, of course, have been other westerns since then, but it's that that is the the western. Like if if Godfather is the gangster movie, mm-hmm. uh, and Star Wars is the space movie, I think Unforgiven, despite all the cool, fun like spaghetti westerns and stuff that he did, yeah, Unforgiven is kind of like, and that's a western, yeah. <laughs> serious one, yeah, yeah. And we've been playing our, our little DJ fun. I think we've been playing Unforgiven soundtrack. Before, that's a good soundtrack, yeah. Uh, before and he's American a musician Sniper. too. He does yeah. he does a lot of the a lot of his own scoring. I love the um, his music stuff. He did, they did that miniseries. Scorsese did that miniseries on the blues. Yeah, and he did a portion of that, mm-hmm. and then and then he also did um, uh, the Charlie Bird movie. Yeah, that's a really good movie. Yeah, yeah, he's like really big into jazz. Yeah, and and yeah, he even and does a bit a bit of music in um, American Sniper. There's like a, a little piece that he does. Yeah, he, he'll like play. Which is crazy. It's, it's one of those things where, like, well, that's not fair. You're a talented actor and, and a director, and you can play piano. That's it's yeah. like Steve Martin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he's an alien. Yeah, that's too many successful <laughs> things for your record. Or James Franco. Yeah. Franco. And he just does everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's exciting to get Dirty Harry on the big screen. I, I haven't seen Dirty Harry forever. Um, I saw it recently. on. I pulled my DVD out and watched it. And uh, it looked really good, but I'm excited to see it on the big screen finally. Yeah, because you know I had that VHS tape. I rented it, or I should say, my mom rented it for me. Yeah, at like <laughs> Rogers Video when I was like 11 or something. Yeah, and, and it, it just never made its way back. You still have it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, almost. Well, no, and then I ended up buying it, uh, and uh, up until recently, like I still, I still kind of have that VHS lying around. Uh, all my, I'm moving, so all my VHS tapes are in a box, and you know, and they're pretty much going to go bye-bye, yeah. along with my Dirty Harry VHS. But I have that really cool box set. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a point with the, those VHS tapes where you're just like, what do you do with them? Like, there's like, well, it's you like I can't. Yeah. I'm not them. one of these. I'm not one of these like hipsters who's like, VHS is so cool. It's like, yeah. not really. Yeah. The best it thing looks about awful. it. Yeah, it's a it's a mediocre format. Yeah. The best thing about it is that there's some really cool cover art. Yes. Really well, cheesy cover art. I'd say art. the best thing about it at this point in time is you can find stuff on VHS that you might not find otherwise. Yeah, I mean, uh, because that was uh, during the video boom of the 80s where mm-hmm. a lot of independent... Not to say that it's quality <laughs> product, no, but, but, yeah. but 
a lot of movies were made straight for the video market. It was the beginning of straight to video where movies were made for VHS and they've never since been put on put out on DVD. Yeah. But yeah. But it's not like the association of like a, a an album like vinyl to yeah, digital. No. Like people no. can have an argument about that. It's not like it sounds better or looks better. Yeah. <laughs> the vinyl <laughs> argument is closer to the celluloid versus digital yeah. argument. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of like like VHS is like we've cut off a portion of the film. It looks bad. The sound's not great. Yeah. But it sure does look cool on a shelf. And we should mention that Dirty Harry is digital. It's a two K two K presentation, so it should look fabulous. Is it restored? Yeah. Is there anything it should fancy be. Like that? I think I think it's always funny because you say restored and people imagine that there's new digital monsters added to it. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think anytime they do this, they do kind of go through and just kind of make yeah, sure yes. the sound sounds good and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like, I mean, um, Blade like Runner was... Yeah, like Blade Runner didn't have any new spaceships added to it, but it just kind of was like cleaned up, you yeah. know? And they often do that that side-by-side of... I remember a few years back before, when people, like even like on DVD compared to Blu-ray, they would do that side-by-side. Or they would do, I think they did in Jaws of like... Yeah, there's a great doc, it's on YouTube, but where they, they show you the restoration process of Jaws and how yeah. that negative was pretty much beat up. Yeah. That's great. And with the technology now, mm-hmm. they can really just rescue movies and yeah. make them look like they were shot yesterday. Yeah. Because, yeah, like like with, with uh, even, even it's funny, even movies that, you know, don't hit the, the American Film Institute archives, but when we screened Friday the 13th, I was like, wow, this looks beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, it just fell off the truck. It was just brand, like it looks like it was 1980s we were watching it. I just got um, this movie, we, we showed it um, once as a late show, like a couple years ago. Um, Gone with the Pope? Yes. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Were you here for that? Um, God, did I see that? I think I saw that. No, I didn't see that. It's, um, it's an insane movie. I remember the poster for it. Yeah, the poster's great. I just got the Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray has all these supplements. It's basically this really cheap, low-budget gangster movie. Was it Troma? No, it's this guy named Duke Mitchell, who was a a famous nightclub singer. Okay. uh, In, like, Palm Springs, and uh, he made a couple of low-budget Godfather rip-offs. Right. And Gone with the Pope is one of them. Yeah. And uh, you know, remember he, seeing the trailer for that, and it's crazy. Wondering if this was a real movie or if uh, this was like a grindhouse trailer, like prank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, Gone with the Pope. It's these gangsters are like, we're gonna kidnap the Pope and, and ransom him for a dollar from every Catholic. Yeah. And it's a crazy <laughs> kind of barely. It's like, um, basically the story behind it was it was never completed. And then uh, the people at Grindhouse Releasing were able to get all the raw materials from it and they spent 10 years editing right. it. And on the on the Blu-ray, which I just got, um, they, they talk about how they restored it and how the movie just looked like crap and you know the different film stocks and yeah. shots didn't match and how they kind of just digitally went through everything and made it look you know brand spanking new. Yeah. And it, it's weird because the, the movie only had a crew of like four people, Whoa. and and those cr- those crew members went on to have big careers. One guy is like a, a huge television producer who's won Emmys, and the other guy is this British guy. It was his first project, and he went on to be Rob Reiner's Oscar-nominated editor. Oh, wow. And they talk about working on this movie and like yeah, like there was no script and it was really weird, and we got paid like fifty bucks. <laughs> Those are always the best stories of when, like, Steven Sonnenberg... No, sorry, sorry, Steven... Steven Sonnenberg did a bunch of... Barry Sonnenfeld, that's what I'm thinking of. 
actually like was on like DP for a few porn films. Yeah, I heard. Is that true? It's that totally is true? true. I saw him on. on so I, was Wes Craven. Wes Craven did some pornos. Yeah, and 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 uh, Sonnenfeld, who who uh, went on to do, um, you know, Men in Black and and Adam's Family. Uh, he was on. I think Letterman talking about it, and he said it was just. You know, you become desensitized, just like going to work and just like setting up the lights and you don't have any money. And then when he got onto real film sets, he was like, Oh, this is the same thing, just craft service is better and it's you know you it's get to eat. slightly better scripts <laughs> or whatever. It's weird. There's a, there's even like a little hit you know how a Blu-rays have Easter eggs where you can kinda yeah. yeah push the arrows around and find hidden stuff. There's a part where the cinematographer they talk a lot with the cinematographer who who went on to have a, a pretty good career. Um, and how he's like we actually shot what's called an insert, which is like a little porno type scene right. with Duke Mitchell and this actress, this random woman that he found. And the idea was that they were gonna sell it to like the Pussycat Theater chain or something, make a little bit of money. Yeah. And they, they it's like, uh, he's sort of talking about it embarrassingly, like, yeah, we found this woman and we recorded this little lovemaking scene and it was really embarrassing and she was like in tears at the end oh, no. of it. Oh God. And, and then he's like, he's sort of like, at one point he's like, uh, you're not going to put this on the Blu-ray, are nah. you? Oh. And then at the end of the interview, we see the, <laughs> we see the little <laughs> insert and it's this cheesy little, it's not graphic or anything, it's just sort of this cheesy yeah. lovemaking scene. Yeah. But, um, I hope they were able to find her to be like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it looks, it's very gentle, like it looks, um, she looks pretty into it. But she was in tears at the <laughs> end of it? This doesn't <laughs> sound all right. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I guess it's sort of like, I, I don't think she was forced into it. I think she just, maybe it, it like, seemed like awkward. she regretted it afterwards or she felt, I don't know. I was like, still like, when we screened the uh, what was the uh, the, the Gone with the Pope now on Blu-ray, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the movie about uh, the the deep throat phenomenon. That's a really good. Wes Craven inside Lovelace, but people oh no, I, there's a documentary. Called oh oh yeah, yeah. We, but we played that too, didn't we? I don't think so. I saw that oh, at no. World Exchange. We played Lovelace and then Deep Throat. We did. Yeah, we, we yeah. actually did play Deep Throat. And then people were talking about Deep Throat, and I'm like, man, after you see Lovelace, you can't you know, with a hipster fun sense, watch that other movie like, anymore Woo-hoo. because it's like horrible, horrible things happen to her. But, yeah. Um, but, but Wes, but Wes Craven is interviewed in the Deep Throat documentary and like Barry Sonnenfeld, he, he was like a future big time director who started, yeah. you know, editing and might've even directed a couple of porn movies. And he just talks about it casually. Like, uh, yeah, I, worked on a few porno movies. I'm not going to tell you yeah. which ones, but that's kind of like if you were in like New York in the early 70s oh, and yeah, you wanted a career in film, that's what it was like an entry-level job. Yeah. While it's on my brain before I forget, I'm curious because so I went last night to watch Suicide Girls because I like supporting empowered women. <laughs> that's the only reason. Um, but they did they did a Rocky Horror number. Oh, nice. And it's funny seeing it outside of here because I've seen this so many times yeah. with the shadow cast. I'm, I'm assuming it was way more naked. Uh, I yeah. mean, like, our, uh, and, and <laughs> yes, and well, somewhat. But but uh, the, the suicide, like the, whoever was their burlesque dancers were they were dancers. Yeah. Like you could tell they were. It was like a legit show. Like, but hearing the music without the distraction of the kind of movie and kind of, I kind of forget that it's really good music. It's so fun. And it made me think like, what kind of music is it? It's like kind of. Like, is it like rockabilly or something? Well, yeah, but like in this sense, like they were just dancing to it's like, rock like and roll. the main Rocky Horror 
uh, picture show song. Yeah. I think Meatloaf. Yeah, well, okay. Meatloaf, yeah. Cause, but I don't know if Meatloaf wrote his but, song. Like, not dramatic. Like, if he was in a good mood and having fun. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, but uh, did that Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Yeah. Kind of Very stuff. much, yeah. Like, did, oh. did that team do anything else music-wise? Because the music's so good. I feel like they should just make all of the music. Yeah. But what was I, that? I there was we, clapping. We, this just, we just in. Got the, oh, uh, hot off the presses. Uh, Showtimes. Uh, oh, exciting. Yeah, we just got... Uh, Second Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. Yeah. Uh, starting April 24th, uh, Clouds of Sils Maria. That's with um, Juliet Binoche and the Twilight Girl. Kristen Stewart. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, her name's Twilight. Who her is name awesome is Twilight. Of Twilight. <laughs> uh, Second Best Exotic Marigold Marigold Hotel. Um, we're not going to fit that on the marquee. No. No. Last Impressiara, which, speaking of Rocky Horror, yeah, I, has I, a Rocky Horror connection. I mm-hmm. saw the trailer for that when I was last time I was here, and, and yes, it does look very akin to Supermensch, but mm-hmm. in a, a good way. And it's just another one of those kind of, like, truth stranger than fiction documentaries of this guy. Where who, they interview other celebrities and, like, he was a crazy bastard. Yeah. Or, like, like, he hooked me up with this deal one time, nobody could beat it. But he had uh, a bunch of prostitutes yeah. in the market <laughs> one day, and yeah. But I, but I was trying to spread the word to the Rocky Horror fans because I'm like, this is a guy who helped seemingly, and I'm not an expert on this because I've only seen the trailer. That's the extent of my research. Yeah. But he helped instigate Rocky Horror Picture Show, or Rocky, it wasn't called Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? Just Rocky Horror? It was the Rocky Horror Show, The Rocky show, Horror Show coming to existence. And so I think they interview a number of folks involved in that. And he also has connection with um, Yoko Ono. So there's kind of like a Beatles Ooh. connection there. He also uh, helped... Uh, Monty Python, so it looks really cool. One of those really interesting, um, if you have any interest in... Insider showbiz. Insider showbiz, or just kind of an interesting uh, humanist story of, of somebody doing all these cool things. And like some, there's always some behind-the-scenes-y stuff thrown in that's always interesting. Yeah, there's always stuff that in those documentaries where I'm like, like, wow, this is the first I've seen that photo, and it's 40 years later. Yeah, or and as if something like that would ever happen. In, in Supermensch, the thing I learned, which I think was out there but I'm not an expert on kind of 70s music scene, was like, there was like a club that involved John Lennon and Alice Cooper and oh, yeah. one of the monkeys. I, oh, oh, uh, and, and, it Keith was, Moon, and Keith Moon. And it was like the, the Hollywood vampires yeah. or something. And they yeah. would go Harry bar Nelson. hopping. And, and so it was like, yeah, John Lennon. Like a drinker's club? Yeah. Uh, yeah, cool big, big cool time people. drugs and drink, like just nocturnal, crazy rock yeah, and roll guys. But like oh. a monkey and a beetle and an Alice Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the, the Supermensch connection was he was trying to get uh, Anne Murray's uh, Canada sweetheart, Anne Murray, off the ground. So he forced them to hang out with Anne Murray one night. And there's these like awesome photos of her. And she was legitimately a, a innocent young Canadian gal. And she was, I think she was young. I think she was like early 20s kind yeah. of thing. And there's her with, like, John Lennon and Alice Cooper. But, yeah, so there's that. I'm sure there's that kind of stuff in, in, yeah. in Impresario as well, of that yeah. kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. And um, there's another documentary, uh, Merchants of Doubt, which starts on... Saturday the Saturday 25th. Saturday the 25th. And that's, I think that's about the tobacco industry, I think. I, I have no idea. I will check. Let's look it up on the <laughs> internet. But uh, uh, Second Best Exotic Marigold Hotel yeah. 2... They just called it two, right? <laughs> no, it's no. the second best. There's no two. There's no two. That, that's the, redundant. The second best is, Part two. is, the, is, the, is the two. But the, I'm fascinated by this movie as somebody who might not seem like the target audience for this kind of movie, but these kind of movies don't have sequels. Like, no. And they're that's blockbusters like, for old people. Yeah, and, and that's a new thing. It's um, 
When we played it in New Orleans for I think three months straight, wow. and and we had good crowds for every single screening. So back then I was joking that it should be, yeah, uh, like like the Rocky Horror for seniors. Like yeah. we should play it every Saturday morning. Yeah, well, well, well like, like our, our after the mall walk yeah. and before yeah. nap time. Yeah. Well, like our our go to ladies. If we were to put like a plaque on the wall for two ladies, it would be Judy Dench and Helen Mirren, because every Judy Dench and Helen Mirren movie. I think does really well for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and with uh, with hotel, it's just yeah. I'm just interested that that this is the, the the kind of complaint that people have about sequels and unoriginality has skewed over to the senior citizen side yeah. of films as well. Well, if we can't win you over, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, Richard Gere is in this one. Oh, yes. Man. He's, so he's, it's like he's, he's like the, the he's the <laughs> technically the young Here person. He's yeah. the young person in this movie. Yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> So if they do when they do part three, the third best, the third best yeah. part the third, three, the third best hotel. Who are they gonna get? They're gonna, they're gonna get some. It'll be middle, still sexy. I think guy. they have to be the funniest. Pierce Bronson. Pierce like Bronson. Pierce Bronson. Yeah, that Pierce Bronson. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. It'll it'll be a crappy hotel. Somebody who can deal with a lot of misfortune. But so this isn't the same hotel, I guess. It's the <laughs> second best. <laughs> what happened to the first best? Or one? or doesn't it? Or no, isn't it that? Another hotel opens, putting them in second place or something. Okay, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but then it's like that sounds like a chef story. Yeah, I always think I always have because I worked in video stores. I always have the video store shelving in my brain of like, well, when this came out on DVD, would you just put it under best Marigold Mar- mm. Hotel, or do you put it under S for second? That's always goes in my brain. <laughs> like, well, this is going to ruin my shelving system yeah. altogether. Well, to fit this on the marquee, we may have to put like oh, God. Nu- numerical, like second two ND or something. This is all no. It'll be the full marquee. That's it. Or just exotic hotel. Like people will get the point. <laughs> exotic. We have a small marquee, so hotel. The second best hotel. Best second hotel. Best. Let's take out all the vowels. Best hotel. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's, so it's, it's another interesting example of, of, our, of our diversity in programming, because if we have that um, on the same day as Rocky Horror, probably, right? We also have, I mean, we had a Bollywood movie last Saturday, but now yeah. we have two more Bollywood Saturdays in a row. The, the, the Bollywood, I, I, I like that, because in, in the past we've had these Bollywood films, but just because of, of distribution, and I think they got stuff last minute, they kind of just made it a private event. Yeah. But this time, they got enough advance notice that they were able to make it public. Yeah. So most, of, I worked in the box office on Saturday, and, and most of the tickets, like 90% of the tickets were pre-sold, and they had these like really nice tickets done mm-hmm. up. Uh, a couple were sold online, but a handful of that folks... That was the Turkish movie. The Turkish movie, yes. Yeah. Uh, a couple of folks just came in. and The, the I, Turkish yeah. movie with Elijah Wood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a, we had a poster, and it looked like... It's just Turkish Elijah Wood. It looked like Tur- Turkish Elijah Wood. The Turkish Elijah Wood. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting because, uh, like, this was presented by, like, the, the Turkish embassy, I believe, or something like that. Yeah, they've and done a couple of events with us so far, I think. It was packed, and just ranging from, like, grandma and grandpa to, you know, in their 20s to, like, little kids. Yeah. And what I often find about, especially the Bollywood films, is that everybody comes out and... Yeah, even the little kids just... They don't pay attention to the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they'll still come out to something that would be, I don't know, maybe 14A. Yeah. And, and I poked my head in once, and there was an amazing fight scene going on uh, at a previous one, but crazy violent. Yeah. Like, like heads were rolling. 
and there was like five-year-olds and six-year-olds, but it just it was this different kind of vibe of just like, oh, we're all going to this movie. Yeah, yeah I think the... It's the, a community hangout. I think the uh, it's different, like, here in the western part of the world. Yeah. It's like, I don't want my child hearing the F word. And no, like, you're going to see... seeing any punching, and there it's just like, well, we're all going as a family to watch. You know, Anything. all these movies it's are for event. families, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, here's like, the family films are the family films. Yeah. But, um... So we have that next weekend as well. We have so um, on on Sunday, Sunday morning we had a Bollywood movie. Yeah, and then I think so this upcoming Saturday, and they have another one on May 9th. So did we find out what that documentary we don't know about is? Merchants of Merchants. Doubt. It's yeah. about uh, yeah, it's about the tobacco industry. Oh, cool! And how they lie to everybody. How I feel like evil. I saw the trailer for that. Um, I, I, Not that long ago. I bet you it shows that they're evil. They totally <laughs> are. I wonder if they interview the guy who Russell Crowe played in The Insider. Or what was the other one? Thank you for not smoking? Thank you for smoking. Thank yeah. you for smoking. I saw that here. Yeah, me too. W- whenever that was. But I, I'm always curious about, not that I agree with it, but I always am fascinated and would like to see the other, because like, I'm sure somebody produced the other documentary, right? Like, of hey, smoking's yeah. good. <laughs> Everybody go smoke. Because when, especially for politics... Maybe back in the day. <laughs> yeah. There was... Whenever Michael Moore, and Michael Moore, I don't know, he kind of is, to my knowledge, has quieted down the last couple years. Well, he always, whenever he's doing a project, it's super secret. He never talks about it until it comes out. So, last time I heard of him, he was. Last time he was doing something Canadian related. Last time I heard about him was, was, um, I don't know. Doug Benson on Doug Loves Movies goes to his film festival in Detroit. Yeah, the Traverse City Film Festival. Yeah, and 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 Michael Moore was like a, a guest on his podcast, and and he was saying how it was like uh, it, it's very nice, like it, it's Michael Moore trying to do something for his hometown and bring a cool festival in, and mm-hmm. and continuing to help to save poor Detroit from Mad Maxian ruin. <laughs> but, <laughs> Seriously, but um, I remember for there was there's like anti Michael Moore documentaries, which pretty much completely skew the other side, and I remember there was like a very pro. Um, Sarah Palin documentary that what they do is... is oh, undefeatable yeah. or undefeated? <laughs> but they skew it by just filling the theaters. Even just they'll go in and like buy 50 tickets. What? And then what that does is when you look at Entertainment Weekly or Box Office Mojo, it gets up to like number, say, 10 or 9, and then it gets a little bit of press. And then Box Office Mojo says, and at number 9, this Sarah Palin documentary... And in the Entertainment Weekly magazine, it says at number nine. So it's almost like a little bit more publicity. But they're just doing it because if they put that Sarah Palin movie in a theater, um, the like say they did it here. Like say we rented that to the Sarah Palin people. We would have it on our website and maybe this Ottawa citizen might go, why the hell are you showing a Sarah Palin documentary? But isn't that how the entire thing goes? Like, Pretty say much, yeah. we made a movie. Yeah. We have to start shopping it around at some point in time. We have yeah. to show that people are wanting to watch it, right? Yeah, the only difference... I've never done this, so. Well, the only difference would be that in all likelihood, say, even not a giant movie, but say, like, um, uh, what's that? I, I, I can only think of big mainstream movies now. But, like, in Guardians of the Galaxy, Disney and Marvel is not going to the box office and going, 50, please. Right. They're doing well, they advertising. Well, like, not to say that you, you personally have to pay for but, like, yeah. you would go to, say, the Mayfair and be yeah. like, uh, can I rent your space so that all of my friends and family can go? Like, does it work that way? Well, they, they, But then, because like, that, that we'd would, be advertising for them, right? Yeah, and that, and that would still, if we then report those numbers to 
um, the, the box office right. folks. But that means it has to be rated in Ontario. Yeah. So you have to pay for that first. Yeah. But it would, so, but that's what they do, they've done in the States. And it's funny how for somehow Kirk Cameron came up in conversation 15 minutes ago. Because oh, he did that Christmas documentary. And that's what they do too, is they'll go and they'll, they'll, they'll get their movie played, but then buy a bunch of tickets and then it makes it look like it's, it's gotten up there kind of thing. Came out. Well, I remember it get you know, of course it gets like a you know a seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. and then Kirk Cameron's like, show the idiots on Rotten Tomatoes who's boss by going to see yeah Saving Christmas. But sometimes it works. Sometimes it is people legitimately wanting to go to that movie. But it does show you how, like you know, people say small world, but how a big world North America is. Because even if you just look at like, um, like oh uh, the the. What's his name? The guy who does like the the, the cross dressing grandma movies. My mind just blanked out his name. Yeah. Oh, Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry is hugely successful, um, and he directs like a movie a year. Plus, has TV shows he produces, and in Canada, he's pretty much off the radar. Yeah. Like I think the only time I've seen him act is his parts in his very good, well well done parts in, in Gone Girl. And his little cameo in Star Trek, in J.J. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But, like, down in the States, in certain parts of the States, like, his movies yeah, they're very the big. place. Yeah. And I could be wrong, but they haven't really come this way very much. Like, I don't, I don't know if they really get theatrical distribution. Um, I think so, but they probably don't, maybe not, not as, they don't do as well, I guess, yeah. draw much of a crowd. Yeah, but it, it's always interesting to see the, the, with documentaries that, and it's always funny, too, like, People coming to see, the only bad thing about it is the people coming to see the Don't Smoke documentaries, they're already on your side. You know, like, the people... Preaching in the choir. Yeah, the people coming the, to... The, the smokers who come to Don't Smoke documentaries are taking smoke breaks. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I can't imagine somebody going to... I can't imagine a Obama supporter going to the Palin movie in an Obama shirt and being like, I was wrong. Yeah. I, like, and that's well, a, I mean, but, the, like... Smokers know what they're doing. I'm yeah. a smoker. I know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. And I remember the, the, uh, the, 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 like any environmental documentary. I also know that the tobacco companies are, are involved evil. with Coke and Pepsi. So, yeah, you know, yeah. like everything is evil. We played a, a, a Coke is bad documentary. Yeah. And I was kind of sitting and back. We carry and, Coke products? Yeah. And nothing happened. And like, and like, I, I thought Coke might be like, uh, guys, what are you doing? Yeah. But, but I, I, and I thought, like, you know, the citizen might want to come and get a photo of somebody, like, drinking a Coke while watching the Coke is Evil documentary. But that, that was my favorite thing of, like, I worked the box office one of those nights and, like, seeing was it, people... Was it produced by Pepsi? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but seeing people walk out of the candy bar holding, like, a large Coke, going to see the Coke Just is Evil... Just sit down and be like, okay. Here we go. This is how Coke owns the world. <laughs> and unfortunately, even if they said, like, Coke is the worst thing ever, I don't imagine anybody was, like... I'm never going to drink it again. Well, it tastes delicious. So mm. It's like supersize me. I don't think that stopped anyone from going to McDonald's. No, no it made me hungry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we talked about, I just want to make sure we get in everything. Is there anything else we forgot to mention for this schedule coming uh, up? We went over the list of movies. Well, we've maybe got, premieres, but. We do, yeah, Rocky Horror is uh, this Saturday at, um, Saturday night, late show at yeah. 11.15. Yeah. With the absent friend Shadowcast, of course. Yeah, and uh, I think that's I think we covered everything. That's like the special thing this week. Cool. So exotic marigold hotel, clouds of Sils Maria, which which is like I've only heard good things about yeah. that. Yeah, and 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 comes to the defense of uh, Kirsten Stewart that yeah 
Yeah, she's, she's getting she's she's getting a little less critically beat up now. She's sort of getting like, yeah. uh, you know, she's actually not bad. Yeah. Well, I always say like she's pretty good in Panic Room, actually. To be fair, pretty Twilight. I remember, like, but like, good on her for making a truckload of money, and now she can make these movies for yeah. the rest of her life. Really. Yeah. yeah. Like she can do whatever the hell she wants because she got a lot of money to do whatever. Four I'm Twilight she movies. Go back to her roots because I like the movies that she was making before. I really liked her rock and roll movie. I just remembered uh, that The Runaways. Yes. Yeah, that, that was a good movie. I really like that a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so so we have a couple of kind of we have a critically acclaimed movie, Exotic Marigold Hotel, returning, a couple documentaries, and Rocky Horror. And uh, if you listen to this, I think Andrew said he's going to try to get this up a little bit early. Yeah, a little early this week, so that you know. Come watch Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry, <laughs> American Dirty Sniper. Yep. And, and, uh, and we kind of refrain from talking about a whole bunch of stuff because as we speak, we have like 13 Ottawa premiere and or coming soon yeah, movies. Yeah, check out the coming soon page on our website. We had somebody, before we sign off, I'll just say uh, I was working and a young couple came in and the guy kind of looked all a fret and he was like, are, are you guys closing down? You get that every now and again. Yeah, and I was just like, uh, no. And, and he says, oh, I just looked online and there's, there's nothing next week or nothing in May. And I said, oh, well, you know, we, we program week to week, so... It's been a year now, you guys. Yeah, yep. and, and he says, so, so on Monday we have the following Friday to Thursday, so it's just like most other theaters. And but I think we get our stuff out, like, I mean... Sooner, We get yeah. everything out as soon as we get it, yeah. And, 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 and I... Multiplex puts it out on a Wednesday or something. Yeah, and I pointed out to him we have a dozen um, auto premieres listed right on our main page. So that's funny. So he, he managed to skew over to the calendar by, but missed the 13 posters saying coming soon. Well, I think, see, that what confuses people is that our website template is a calendar for a whole month because right. we used to do monthly mm-hmm. programming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now we just fill the week up. So yeah. when people see those empty dates, they're like, what's going on? Yeah. So I... I clearly put weekly schedule at the yeah, top to yeah. hopefully, you know, we save put, like, confusion. put, like, a coming soon on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and of course we always say, like, like for those who have been waiting to see, and that's great, I think we got Exotic Marigold Hotel much sooner than we thought we were going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but say, theoretically, we were on a two-month grid, and the grid was April-May, uh, and we just found out right now Exotic Marigold Hotel was available, of course we would have to wait till at soonest... June 1st. If we were on the monthly schedule, we'd be scrambling right now to get the schedule out for yeah. May. So by doing we this... We wouldn't have time to do this. Yeah, no. and, and, and by doing this, we can... And we'd have to put up signs saying, oh, we're not showing it follows. Yeah. yeah. It would be all over our guide. Yeah, which would be all over the city, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And by doing this, like when we get American Sniper, if we have the time, we can do fun things like throw in Dirty Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, and if... You know, we at the last minute get offered SpongeBob SquarePants. We can show that instead of saying, "Oh, we can't get that too late." So, so that's why. But yeah, so as scary as it was to switch over to the weekly at first, I think it has gone really well. Oh so yeah, far. Mm-hmm. and and so if you look at the monthly schedule and you don't fret, just go look at our main page and you'll see uh, as we, right now thirteen cool movies coming up, and then when the when the other stuff, when the more weekly newer stuff, we'll have that every Monday for you and. Like, right now, when we finish this podcast, we're all, well, I'm going to go watch American Sniper, and then we're going to spend the rest of our day doing stuff, and I'll go home tonight and start, you know, Andrew's going to put it on the the website, and I'll put it on Twitter, and... I'm going to get the flyer ready. Yeah, so that's what what happens every Monday, so... 
Now mm. we got. Now you two go to work, and I'm gonna go enjoy and a movie. <laughs> break. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we've heard. I've, I've heard some nice feedback, which has been so ego boosting. Uh, one mm-hmm. one uh, friend of the theater said, "Listening has become his Saturday routine, which is so nice." Mm-hmm. Uh, and a couple of nice things said on Twitter, and and uh, uh, I bumped into somebody in line at Suicide Girls who said, "Oh, I listened to the podcast today," and and you know, even if we're not getting. Eight million listeners a week, like the Nerdist does. If we're getting, you know, fifty, and, and somebody's saying nice things, that's awesome. I don't want to be boring. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, if someone comes in we're and goes like, boring. "Oh, why are you still doing yeah. that?" Shut up. No. But uh, yeah, so we'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm gonna go watch American Sniper. Okay, bye. Bye, bye. Get more out of life. Go out to a movie. <laughs>